The Bradford Exchange presents The Classic Radio Theater with your host, Carl Amari. Countdown for blast off. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Welcome, everyone, to episode 58 of the Classic Radio Theater. Each week, the Bradford Exchange and participating sponsors bring you three hours of the Classic Radio Theater, featuring programming from the golden age of radio. This time, we'll hear two comedy episodes of the George Burns and Gracie Allen Show with guests Alan Ladd and Al Jolson. We'll begin after this break. George Burns and Gracie Allen, a real-life married couple, performed a comedy routine with Gracie as the funny woman and George as the straight man. Millions of radio listeners truly believed Gracie was as dumb as she sounded, which was a tribute to both her comic brilliance and the top-notch scripts. For two decades, the duo had a weekly following on radio, which culminated with a decade-long television show. George and Gracie continually revised the rack, moving from vaudeville crossfire to full-stage situation comedy. At first, their characters were not romantically linked. In 1936, Gracie decided to help educate singer Tony Martin about the opposite sex by flirting with him. Actor Paul Douglas, then an announcer, was also on the receiving end of Gracie's affections in 1938. It was only later that George's character began pursuing Gracie. By 1942, Gracie's flirtations with other men had been shelved, and the program evolved into a husband-and-wife situation comedy series with occasional guest stars. Ever the businessman, George Burns and wife Gracie left NBC and signed a lucrative contract with CBS that included television. Gracie was hesitant about TV at first, but quickly discovered that she was a pro in front of the camera. On TV, George would often break the fourth wall and speak directly to the audience while Gracie continued to play dumb. In 1958, after eight years on television, Gracie retired, and after her passing, George kept himself busy by acting in films. He earned an Oscar for his role in The Sunshine Boys and starred as God alongside John Denver in the Oh God films. Time now for the first of two comedy episodes of the George Burns and Gracie Allen Show. In this first one, George wants to play poker with special guest Alan Ladd, but Gracie won't let him because she's convinced Ladd is too dangerous. Here's the George Burns and Gracie Allen Show from March 7, 1944. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Gracie. I just want to remind you that in order to keep up the great work it's doing, the Red Cross must raise $200 million. They're depending on us to give it to them. You know it's the Red Cross that furnishes life-saving blood plasma to our wounded boys, and that's just one of the many wonderful things they do. So please, let's all dig down and give every penny we can to the Red Cross. <laughs> Thank you. 
this is Bill Goodwin speaking for Lever Brothers, makers of Swan, the new white floating soap that's pure as fine Castile's. Well, it's Tuesday night again, time for another pleasant visit with George Burns and Gracie Allen, our guest, Alan Ladd, with Jimmy Cash, the Swan Tet, and Felix Mills and his orchestra. And now, meet the people who live in the Burns house, George and Gracie. Well, it seems there's a little stag poker game brewing for tonight, and George is just dying to play. But he's afraid Gracie won't approve, so get a load of the subtle line he's handing the little woman. Gee, honey, I've never seen you look as beautiful as you do today. Well, thank you, dear. You're, you're much too beautiful for the clothes you wear. Why don't you go out and buy yourself some new clothes? George, do you feel all right? Fine. But I'm worried about you, dear. You've been seeing too much of me. Why don't you go out with the girls tonight and see a movie or something? A movie? Yeah. Enjoy yourself. And if you're wondering whether I'll be lonesome, the answer is no. That's also the answer to can you play poker tonight? Uh, how did you know I wanted to play poker? Well, I suspected it during breakfast. When I pushed that stack of pancakes in front of you, you said, gee, did I win the pot? Well, how about it, honey? Can I play? It's just a little penny-ante game. I'll bet it isn't. I'll bet you play for hundreds of dollars. Who's going to play? Well, there's Jack Benny and... Well, even if it is a penny-ante game, I don't like the idea. <laughs> but all the fellows are going to play. Besides Jack and me, there's Alan Ladd. Alan and... Ladd? Let him associate with my darling Boopsie boy. But, honey... I'll bet Alan Ladd doesn't even play fair. He does, too. He's a man's poker player. He plays for blood. You call that fair with you and Jack Benny? Now, look. Alan Ladd's got all the capital. Yes, sweetheart. Alan Ladd happens to be a very refined and cultured gentleman. He's a wolf. A wolf? Yes. And it didn't take Veronica Lake long to find it out either. In, in their first picture together, Veronica combed her hair over one eye. But not in their next one. Uh, proving what? You have to keep both eyes on that man. Look, No, honey. no, no, Judge. Besides, it, it won't stop with a poker game. You'll probably all wind up at a burlesque show. Uh, and you know what will happen when those girls see Alan Ladd walk in? They'll all start yelling, take it off, take it off. This is ridiculous. Well, you know how Alan Ladd likes to take off his shirt. And the first thing you know, the first thing you know, you'll catch cold. I'll catch cold? Well, certainly. You'll get jealous when everyone owes and ahs at his big chest. So off will come your shoes. <laughs> But, honey... No poker, George. Mama knows best. Well, what'll I tell the fellas at the cigar store? They'll kid the pants off me. Well, if they do, you call me and I'll pick you up in the car. Oh, fine. <laughs> I I'm driving to the beauty shop anyway. You're not gonna touch the car, Gracie. Every time you take it out, you bang into something. But, George, what do you mean? Have you seen the fenders lately? Yes, and they're beautiful. Pleats are very fashionable this year. <laughs> Don't take the car out of the garage and that's final. Goodbye, dear. Goodbye. 
Hello, Mr. Burns. Hello, Stanley. Let me have a Perfecto Royale cigar, please. Just one? Yeah, and a three-cent stamp. Here's your money. Oh, thank you. Don't I get any change? No. One Perfecto Royale cigar and one three-cent stamp. That kills your nickel. Well, okay. They cost a little more that way, but they don't dry out so fast. Really? How interesting. By the way, Mr. Burns, are you going to play poker with us tonight? Well, I don't think so, Stanley. You see, uh, I've got a big business deal on, and there's a veneer raid warden's meeting, and some important people are coming from out of town to confer with me. Your and... wife won't let you out, huh? All right, my wife won't let me out. Oh, that's too bad. Alan Ladd's in the phone booth now calling the fellows. He'll be disappointed, really. Hey, Stanley. Uh, oh, hello, George. Oh, hello, Alan. <laughs> hey, you know, I was just going to call you. All set for the game tonight? Well, uh, no, Alan. You see, I've got a big business deal on. There's some out-of-town people coming for a conference. And... Oh, uh... Your wife won't let you out, huh? Okay, you guessed it. Look, George, why don't you remind Gracie who's the boss around your house? Remind her who buys the pays the rent and buys the groceries, and remind her who gets out and earns the dough. You think that'll do any good? Sure, she'll realize how hard she's been working, go to bed early, and you can sneak out. <laughs> well, I'll just skip it tonight. Hi, Alan. Hello, Bill. Oh, hello, George. You, you playing with us tonight? Uh, no, Bill. Uh, I've got a big business deal on. Your uh, wife won't, won't let, let you me out. play. Yes, yes. I didn't think it would work. Hey, Bill, with lucky George out of the game, maybe you and I can hold hands for a change. Well, would you like to, Alan? <laughs> well, naturally, every poker player likes to hold beautiful hands. Well, grab on, boy. I just washed mine with swan. <laughs> what? And swan, the white floating soap is not only great for your hands and face, Alan... It's wonderful for bathing the baby or for dishes and light laundry. Swan is four swell soaps in one, a great wartime buy. Now look, Bubbles, I don't want to hold your hand. <laughs> I want to hold cards like George. Hey, how does George always manage to pull in the pot? Well, he just takes a deep breath. <laughs> funny, funny. Bill, I'm talking about George having beautiful poker hands. Well, well sure, Al. Every time his wife starts to poke her hands in a dishpan full of swan suds, George pulls them out and does the dishes himself. He can tell you long-lasting swan suds not only make short work of dishes, but swan is so mild and gentle, it leaves your hands looking smooth and lovely. Uh, I'm sorry I brought this up. Now, if you'll excuse me, I want to phone my wife and tell her about the game. You mean you haven't asked her yet? Asked her? Look, George, women are the weaker sex. Men are the stronger. I don't ask my wife. I just say, look, baby, I'm playing poker tonight. That's that. Gee, I could never do that. Ah, uh, sure you could. You're a member of the stronger sex. I am? Sure. <laughs> sure, of course, you look like you haven't paid your dues lately. Well, excuse me, I'll telephone. Gosh, I wish I could be like Alan Ladd. Tough and two-fisted, the boss. Bill... Do you think it would be wrong if I opened the phone booth door just a speck and listened how he handles his wife? No, no, George. He wouldn't care. I'll, uh, I'll be real quiet. Oh, but Susie can... Please let Daddykins play. Yes, Lammykins, I'll do it. You just leave your stockings in the bathroom and I'll wash them out when I get home. 
No, no, I won't smell of nasty old cigar smoke. George Burns isn't going to play. <laughs> then it's all right? Oh, goody. <laughs> huh? You. Oh, don't make me say that. All right. I of oo. <laughs> Bye. Well, I told her. Oh. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, who'd you say were the stronger sex? Men. You're a little behind in your deuce, too, aren't you? <laughs> Jimmy Cash, our tenor, will sing an old waltz ballad. Diane. Jimmy? I'm in heaven when I see you smile. Smile for me, my Diane. And though everything's dark, Gracie, what are you doing downtown? Oh, I just came out of the beauty shop, Bill. My goodness, they're busy. They even tried to save time by talking me into a Republican hairdo. What's that? Well, they just have you walk between two electric fans and you come out looking like Mr. Wilkie. That's a great idea. Uh, Bill, can I give you a lift home? Gracie, I thought George wouldn't let you drive the car anymore. Well, he doesn't know I've got it. Get in, Bill. I don't know why George should be nervous about my driving. I'm a wonderful driver. Oh, how do you like that? That parked car ran right into us. Oh, yes, it deliberately pushed his fender into your bumper, Grace. Yeah. I hope George didn't hear the crash. You know, he's right there in Stanley's cigar store. Oh, oh, my goodness. All right, all right, all right. Whoever told you you could drive a car? Ah, uh, well, I might have known another crazy woman driver. Well, speak up. What have you got to say for yourself? Well, sure, and it's too frightened I am to speak. The fire darting from your blue Irish eyes the way it is. <laughs> well, now, is it a Colleen from the old sod or do me ears deceive me? Ah, oh, Faith Officer, how could ears as large as those deceive you? 
Oh, tis sorry I am that I frightened you, Makushna. The big blabbermouth of me roaring at you like that. Ha-ha, <laughs> roaring, you say. Like music it was. Sure, you have the voice like the notes of an organ and teeth like the keys of a piano. <laughs> go on now, you wouldn't be pulling the wool over me, I go, would you? That I would. Tis handsome, tis handsome you'd be in a sweater. <laughs> Pauline, no. Uh, can, can we go now, officer? Quiet, foreigner. <laughs> all right, miss, all right, you can drive away now. I'll just take down your license number, just in case Alan Ladd wants to know who backed into him. Alan Ladd? Was that his car? Oh, sure, sure. That's why you only dented the fender. His car is just as rugged and tough as he is. Oh, gosh. It's a good thing Frank Sinatra wasn't parked there. Hey, George, isn't there some way we can talk Gracie into letting you play poker tonight? I'm afraid not, Alan. Gracie thinks you're a roughneck. Oh, but that's silly. I'm just an average guy. I pay my taxes, save a little money. Then you're not an average guy. <laughs> oh, darn those pictures I play, and everybody thinks I'm a hoodlum. Say, that gives me an idea. Maybe you can scare Gracie into letting me play. Hey, you think it'll work? Sure. All women think Alan Ladd is a dangerous man. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's one woman who sends me dog biscuits every week. Dog biscuits? Yeah, she thinks Lad is Lassie's husband. Well, come on, Alan, let's try it. Okay. Oh, here's my car, Will. Holy smoke, look at that fender. Two to one, it was a woman driver. Begging your pardon, Mr. Lad, but I saw the whole thing. Here's the license number now. Uh, it's with a pretty little Colleen who backed into your car. I knew it, a woman driver. That's why I won't let Gracie drive the car. Oh, well, it doesn't hurt much. Come on, let's forget it. Forget it? Are you crazy? That's why women drivers are like they are. Guys like you let them get away with murder. But, George, I don't want to make any trouble. You're right, Mr. Ladd. You're right. Forget the whole thing. Forget it, nothing. Sue her for every penny she's got. <laughs> yeah, and sue her stupid husband, too. <laughs> He's a dope for letting her take the car. Why don't you keep your big fat mouth out of this? Or shall I run you in for impersonating a man? Well, anyway, think it over, Alan. I'll see you at my house pretty soon. Okay, George. Hello, sweetheart. Hello, dear. You're late. Yeah, I just ran into Alan Ladd. You too? Huh? Oh, now, George, George, before you say anything, I, I want you to know that you can play poker tonight, and you, you can go to the burlesque show, too, and you can associate with that nice gentleman, Alan Ladd. Well, gee, how come? Well, because my big, strong green man is the boss around here. You're a ferocious lion, and, and I'm just a teensy kitten. I'm, I'm a lion? Yes, roar at me, George. Huh? Oh, you're so ferocious. Oh. Now, dear, uh, run along and play poker. Well, okay, I'll tell Alan Ladd not to bother. Bother? Bother about what? Oh, he was going to come by and scare you into letting me play. He, uh, he, he'd have been here by now, but some dame backed into his car. Some dame? Yeah, he doesn't know who she is. Oh, oh he, he doesn't. Yeah. Well, so long, dear. Uh, come back here, George. Huh? No poker. 
<laughs> but you just said I could play. You said I was a lion. So was I, but now I'm telling the truth. <laughs> Come in. Ah, see, you're that dame won't let your husband play poker with me, huh? Alan. Now get this, sister. I say your husband's playing poker tonight. Alan. And what I say goes, see? Alan. He's leaving here with me, and if you so much as open your yap, it's curtain, see? Alan. I'll take you for a ride. Alan. I'll put you on the spot. Oh, what's the use? Why, well, i just as soon rub you out as look at you. Get that? <laughs> You're cute. <laughs> hey. Hey, aren't you scared? Yeah. Oh, I'm frightened to death. <laughs> Alan, I've been trying to tell you, Gracie knows you're just putting this on. Oh, that's fine. Well, why didn't you stop me sooner? That performance I just gave used up a whole ration book of ham. <laughs> I'm sorry. And Gracie says no poker. Women, women, women. You know, I've got a notion to take your advice and prosecute the one who backed into my car. Good. Let's phone her right now and check her license. You no, know, no. What? Uh, uh, play poker, play poker. What, you said I couldn't? Oh, of course you can. You're the boss. You're the big, strong line. Roar at me, dear. Oh, there he goes again. Time now for Felix Mills in the orchestra with the Swan Tet in a new hit, When They Ask About You. Gracie is trying desperately to get George and Alan Ladd out of the house before they discover it was she who backed into Alan's car. Uh, now, uh, uh, run along and play poker, boys. And, George, don't stay down and you're eating your knees too long rolling those queens. You're thinking of bones. I know. George's are so brittle. <laughs> well, goodbye, dear. Wait a minute, Gracie. You've been acting very strangely. One minute you don't want me to play poker, the next minute you do. First you're hot, then you're cold. Yeah, and I have spots in front of my eyes, too. 
And dizzy spells. I know. This one has lasted about ten years now. <laughs> well, you, you run along, dear, so I can lie down and rest. Hey, wait a minute. I think I see the whole thing. You, you do? Y yeah, sure. Hey, George, come here. I want to talk to you a minute alone. Oh, dear. Hey, George, I thought I recognized those symptoms. I don't understand. Well, of course you don't. You've never been a father before. <laughs> what? You mean Gracie is... Sure, sure, sure. My, my wife acts just like this. Holy <laughs> smoke. Wait here. Gracie, have you been keeping something from me? Yes, dear. But now I suppose Alan Ladd has told you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he, he did. Sweetheart, uh, when is it going to happen? It happened this afternoon. What? Oh, now, now, don't get excited, dear. It doesn't look bad at all. Just a little dent in the rear. But, but it couldn't have happened this afternoon. Yes, it did. Right in front of Stanley Cigar Store. Honey, you're delirious. Here, sit down and rest. Well, Gracie, did you confess to George? Well, I tried to, but he won't believe me. Well, he will when it looks up at him and says, goo goo. But it's, it's only a Buick. She's delirious, Alan. Well, the first one's often making just like that. But this isn't the first one. I've had dozens. You've had dozens of babies? Babies? Oh, oh, is that what you've been talking about? Certainly. What have you been talking about? Oh, well, <laughs> well run along and play poker, dear. <laughs> Yeah, I think we'd better, George. I'm beginning to get a little dizzy myself. But you still haven't found out who backed into your car. All right, I'll call now. Oh, no, 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 you mustn't. Hey, fellas, how about the game? Be with you in a minute, Bill. We're checking up on my car. Oh. Oh, you, you found out, huh? Found out what? Well, you found out that Gracie... Uh, use a swan, the white floating soap that's... There's four soaps in one. The soap for your hands and face and for bathing the baby. For dishes and light laundry. Four swell soaps in one. Well, no, that wasn't what I was going to say. I was going to say that... That swan is great for bathing the baby. <laughs> you always say that, Bill. Uh, no, I was going to tell Alan that I saw it all. Oh, well, uh... naturally, when you bathe the baby, you see it all. <laughs> and, oh, how babies do love those swan suds. Swan's pure is fine Castile, you know, and, and so mild and gentle, too. Well, yes, but I meant how he... Oh, by the way, Gracie, you forgot to say that if Swan's so mild and gentle, it's kind to a baby's tender skin. You know it must be great for your complexion. Sure, sure. Well, so long, Bill. Well, you see, what I meant, though, was how you backed up and broke... Oh, broke that bar of Swan in two? Well, wasn't that a scream? And Bill went racing out of the door to put half in his bathroom for his tub and shower, and I put half in my kitchen for dishes and cleaning. Show us how you raced out the door, Bill. Well, but Gracie... Come I... on, race, race. Oh, oh, gee, Mr. Ladd, I thought sure he was going to give away that it was me who backed into your car. What? Gracie. Oh, run along and play poker, dear. So you drove the car against my strict orders? Oh, now, George, come on, come on, let's forget it. Be glad that Gracie wasn't hurt. Yes. Yeah, I know, a woman who smacked into a car so hard she broke her eardrum. Gracie is not hurt, are you, dear? Eh? What did you say, dear? Oh, fine. Speak up, I can't hear a thing since that accident. Alan, come here a minute. I want to talk to you. 
Alan, I want you to swear out that complaint. You, you want your wife put in jail? Yes. You must have some money saved up. <laughs> it's just for a little while, to teach her a lesson. As soon as the game is over, you can go down and dismiss the charges. Yeah, but the game may last a couple of hours. Think of Gracie alone with those policemen all that time. I know it's tough, but they'll get over it. <laughs> now get going, Alan. And, uh, and uh, I'll meet you at the poker game as soon as Gracie's arrested. Okay, she's your wife. I'll get it, George. Oh, 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 hello, officer. Well, now, Colleen. Oh, Faith and I never expected to see the likes of you. Well, Faith and I never expected to see the likes of you. Oh, this is my husband. I'll bet you never expected to see the likes of him either. Ah, uh, sure, and it's sad I am to do what I have to do. Never mind the blarney, officer. Do your duty. Very well. Little Colleen, I must take your husband off to jail. What? Oh, George. You're supposed to take her. Are you the owner of the car that backed into Mr. Ladd's? Well, yes, I'm the owner, but... She's the, the one. The owner that... is legally responsible. Now come along quietly now. But, officer, there's a mistake. Officer, listen. I call. Me too. Here's my dough. Boy, what a pot. Too bad George is missing this game. Yeah. What do you got, Alan? Small straight. Ah, beats me. I'm dead. I drop. I guess I win another pot. George and Gracie will be with you again in just a second. Meanwhile, I'd like to remind you that just about the best care in the world for your complexion is plenty of mild, gentle soap and water. You know that. And you know, too, that Swan is pure as fine Castile's. And it's plenty mild and gentle, too. It must be for so many doctors to recommend it for bathing the baby. So the next time you buy a bar of Swan, break it in two and use one half for your hands and face. And you can use the other half for the baby or keep it handy in the kitchen for your dishes or any other soap and water job you might have. You'll find dozens of uses for Swan, the white floating soap that's four swell soaps in one. And now, here are George and Gracie. Oh, George, just wait till you hear who our guest star is going to be next week. Who? Paul Lucas. Oh, he's wonderful. Oh, sure, he just won the Academy Award, the Oscar. Yeah. You know, George, I think you ought to have an Oscar. Really? Yes, too bad they only give them to actors. Good night. of Paramount Pictures, producers of Lady in the Dark. The makers of Swan, the new white floating soap, join George and Gracie in inviting you to tune in to your Columbia station again next Tuesday, same time, when we'll have as our guest, Paul Lucas. The following week, Rita Hayworth. This program is broadcast to our men and women in the armed services all over the world. Remember George Burns and Gracie Allen, CBS, next Tuesday night. And now until then, this is Bill Goodwin saying, well, I swan... How about you? Good night.
That's the George Burns and Gracie Allen Show with special guest Alan Ladd from March 7, 1944, as heard over NBC. All of the classic radio shows we present on this series are direct from the master recordings. I have more than 100,000 original radio episodes under license from the owners and estates, and we make them available via digital download or on CD through our Classic Radio Club. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you'll receive 10 superior-sounding classic radio shows sent directly to you each month, along with detailed liner notes and photos of the radio stars. You'll receive your first 10 classic radio episodes for only $1, and you can cancel at any time. To learn more about the Classic Radio Club, log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. I'll have another comedy episode of The George Burns and Gracie Allen Show after this short break. Welcome back to the Classic Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. This time, Gracie wants George and special guest L. Jolson to sing together on the air. Here's the George Burns and Gracie Allen Show from February 1st, 1950. Are you reducing tooth decay with Amident ammoniated toothpaste? Well, answer the man, George. Of course, Gracie. I use Amident twice a day. You can smile when you say that. Yes, it's the Amadent Show, transcribed in Hollywood and starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. With our special guest, Al Jolson, yours truly, Bill Goodwin, B. Benaderet, Hal March, Harry Lubin, and the Amadent Orchestra. For healthy laughter, it's George and Gracie. And for healthier teeth, for fewer cavities, it's Amadent Toothpaste. Well, today at the Brown Derby, I had lunch with George Burns and Al Jolson. Now, most guys would be very nervous in such big league company, but not Burns and Jolson. They took me right in stride. <laughs> anyway, before Jolson arrived, George was telling me some anecdotes about him. I'll say this for Jolson, Bill. He's the greatest entertainer in show business. And it's not... And it's not just my opinion. No? No. It's also Jolson's. <laughs> Do you mean that he's a little on the sugar-cured, hickory-smoked side? Is he? There's a thousand articles written about that guy every day. Last week, there was a write-up about him in the Boise, Idaho paper. So far, he has shown it to me ten times. Holy smoke! And for dough, he won't be at the table one minute before he switches the conversation to Boise, Idaho, and whips out that clipping again. Ixnay, Ixnay, here he comes. Oh, yeah. Oh, hello, George. Sorry I'm late. Sit down, Al. You know Bill Goodwin. Well, of course. Bill's in my picture. Jolson sings again. How are you, Bill? Fine, Al. That's good. Speaking of Boise, Idaho... Well, I tell you... <laughs> I've got a clipping here. Al, nobody was speaking of Boise, Idaho. Bill, look, at my age, who's got time to make continuity? 
I'm no youngster anymore. I'm I'm almost as old as George. Burns or Washington? <laughs> Washington, nobody's old as Burns. <laughs> but uh, this Look, article Joey, is... we came here to eat. We're hungry. You wouldn't be interested in this clipping? The only thing I'm interested in right now is a pickle. Say, George. What? Look, explain something to me, will you? I've been on the Bing Crosby show, Edgar Bergen, Jack Benny, many others, too. How come you never asked me to be on your show? Don't you like me? I love you. But who can afford your price? <laughs> Look, I don't have any price. I do these things because I like to. For example, when I'm on the Crosby show, Bing just gives me whatever loose change he happens to have in his pocket. Now, the last time I was on it, it came to $18,000. Well, that's better than laying off. Yeah. Wow, imagine having 18000 in his pocket. I thought Bing was naturally bow-legged. <laughs> I'll tell you what, George. We're such good friends. I'll be on your program. won't cost you a penny. I'll do it for Amident. That's wonderful. How many tubes? Tubes. <laughs> I want the company. The company? Al, <laughs> you expect George to give you the business? No. <laughs> That's what I'm giving him. Sorry, <laughs> oh, Al, no deal. Now, let's eat. Oh, wait up. Wait up. <laughs> Oh, Gracie, I'm home Oh, hello, sweetheart Have you had your lunch? Yeah, I had lunch at the Derby Who with? An old friend of ours Though April shows may come your way Ah <laughs> George, you've been eating pickles again <laughs> I'm imitating the fellow I had lunch with They bring the flowers that bloom in my home. Well, what does he do for a living? He sings. He makes a living singing like that? Yes. And when it's raining, I have no regrets. Oh, oh, now I know who it is. Oh, sure. Common Lombardo. Gracie, I'm doing Al Jolson. Oh. I had lunch with him, and you know me. When I'm with a great personality, some of it always rubs off on me. Oh, gee, I wish you'd have lunch with Errol Flynn sometime. <laughs> you mean I'm not romantic enough? Well, it would be fun to be kissed now and then. Oh, Gracie, I just got through kissing you. When? New Year's Eve. <laughs> but this is the first of February. Okay, I'll kiss you again. There. How's that? Uh... Have lunch with Errol Flynn, I know, I know. <laughs> what have you been doing today? Oh, sit down and relax, and I'll tell you all about it. Now, here's your pipe. I filled it for you. Well, thanks. Now, let me give you a light. <laughs> <laughs> there. Well, for Pete's sake. <clears throat> what did you fill this pipe with? The bow off my hat. <laughs> the bow off your hat? Well, you told me you smoked velvet. <laughs> Here, throw it out. Don't you like it? No, I'm switching to Blue Surge. <laughs> Come in. Hello, Gracie. Hello, John. Oh, hi, Hello, Blanche. Blanche. Say, Gracie, I've got an awful lot of sewing and mending to do. Could I borrow your singer? Certainly. Go with it, George. 
She means your sewing machine. Oh, oh, George isn't that kind of a singer. He isn't the other kind either. I heard that, I heard that. <laughs> Excuse me, girls. Sam the tailor at your service. <laughs> Hello, Sam. I'm returning a suit I pressed for you, Mr. Boynes. Thanks, Sam. Tell me, who made that suit for you? One of your radio writers? Why? It's funny. <laughs> Listen, this suit was made by Hart, Schaffner, and Marks, and they've been making suits for a hundred years. You should be proud to have the first one. <laughs> Look, Sam, with a suit like this in the house, the moths must be eating out. <laughs> Sam, will you do me a favor? I'll be delightful. Just press the suit and stop pressing with the jokes. Okay, Daddy Boy. <laughs> Daddy Boy? Toodle-doodle. Toodle-doo, Sam. Good job. <laughs> Better remember that morse gag. I might be able to use it next week. See, George, I was just telling Blanche about you having lunch with Al Jolson today. You know, she's a great fan of his. I'll say I am. He's quite a guy, Blanche. I've never seen such drive and energy in my life. He must be a human dinoflow. <laughs> You mean Mo? No, Al. Who's Mo? <laughs> Mo is Al's brother. Oh. I'm going into the den. I'll see you girls later. I gotta lie down. Gee, Blanche, I wish George had some of Jolson's pep and vitality. Where do you suppose Jolson gets it, Gracie? Oh, I wish I knew. Well, he's certainly married to a young wife. Say, maybe that's what does it. <laughs> Having a very young and beautiful wife. No, that hasn't helped George. <laughs> Blanche, I know Jolson personally. I'll go see him and find out the secret of his vitality. Well, Gracie, come in, come in. Thank you, Al. I'm sorry I was so long getting to the door. You see, my wife is gone. And I'm taking care of our baby, little Asa. I see. I gotta feed him about an hour, so I'm boiling some bottles. Well, won't they be hard to digest? <laughs> Gracie, the baby won't eat the bottles. Well, I don't blame him. There you go. What brings you over, Gracie? Well, Al, you've got to tell me your secret. Where do you get all your pep and vitality? How, how do you do it? What keeps you going? Keeps me going. Mm -hmm. Gracie, I'm not on my last leg. Oh, so that's it. You've got spare parts. <laughs> Look, how, how about sending the old ones over to George? <laughs> Gracie, what you see here is all original equipment. I just take care of it. Well, um, tell me how so I can make George do it. Well, first of all, I keep my weight down. Every day I get in a steam cabinet and bake for 30 minutes. I'll show you. I got one right here in the bathroom. Relax, boys, relax. Relax. I'm just showing someone around. Gracie. <laughs> this is a steam cabinet right here. See you later, boys. Al, what's that orchestra doing in your bathroom? Oh, I, I keep him in there all the time, honey. You see, when I sing in the shower, I like it to sound real pretty. <laughs> Those are the only musicians who have to belong to the plumber's union, too. 
Well, we wouldn't have room for a steam cabinet. Well, you better do something. I saw George in the locker room at the club. And that stomach of his don't look so good. No? No. Tell him to diet. All right. What color? <laughs> Let that go. Let that go. I've got another idea, Gracie. By the way, does George take calisthenics? Well, I think so. Does it come in a blue bottle? <laughs> no, I, I, I mean it might help George uh, to work with a dumbbell. What am I saying? That's what's putting where he is. <laughs> put George and you in the same condition. <laughs> I don't think it's going to take long. In fact, I feel the need of a cold shower right now. Excuse me a minute, Gracie. Boys, turn on the cold water and give me a downbeat. Yesterday I heard a lover sigh. Goodbye, oh me oh my. Seven times he got aboard his train. And seven times he hurried back to kiss his love again and tell her Tootsie, goodbye Tootsie, don't cry That choo-choo train that takes me Away from you No words can tell how sad it makes me He'll speak to the end Do it over again Watch for the mail I'll never fail If you don't get a letter Then you'll know I'm in jail Don't cry, Tootsie, don't cry Goodbye, Tootsie, goodbye. Kiss me to the end and do it over again. What for the mail? I'll never fail. And if you don't get a letter, then you'll know I'm in jail. Don't cry, Tootie, don't cry. Goodbye, Tootie, This is Bill Goodwin, folks. Are you reducing tooth decay with amadent, ammoniated toothpaste? Just think, till recently, no toothpaste or powder offered you the hope of fewer cavities. Then the great news broke. A sensational discovery to reduce tooth decay. A revolutionary new dentifrice formula, unheard of, undreamed of before. An ammoniated dentifrice, amadent. Magazines and newspapers spread the news. Reader's Digest, Time, Newsweek, Parents Magazine all joined in the chorus of praise. Dentists hailed the arrival of Amadent and recommended it to patients. Mothers rushed to get Amadent to help save their children the pain and grief of unnecessary tooth decay. Have you bought Amadent for your family? Are your children fighting tooth decay every time they brush their teeth? Does your family have the hope of fewer cavities this year, next year, and the year after that? thanks to the discovery of Amadent, the ammoniated dentifrice. If not, if you're using today the same toothpaste you used a year ago, think of this. Your toothpaste is not ammoniated. It has not changed its formula to include ammoniated anti-decay ingredients. Your toothpaste can do no more to prevent cavities than it did last year, or the year before, or the year before that. And how many cavities did you have during those years? 
So please, don't delay. Insist on Amident. A-M-M-I-D-E-N-T. Amident toothpaste and Amident tooth powder are recommended by more dentists than any other dentifrice. George has just received an urgent phone call from Al Jolson asking him to come to the recording studio where Al is cutting some records. Oh, George, I'm glad you rushed right over. I want to talk to you. What is it, Al? Well, you know I wanted $10,000 to be on your program. Yeah. Get Gracie out of my house and I'll do it for nothing. <laughs> Gracie's at your house? Yeah, she's been all afternoon asking me a million questions about my vitality. She said, Jolie, you never get any older. Well, you don't. I got news for you. Today I did. <laughs> Look, Joe. That woman can age whiskey. <laughs> Tell me something, George. How long have you been married to her? Almost 18 years. You were smart. You married her after it was too late to do you any damage. <laughs> she gave you a bad time, huh? Bad time? Get this. I showed her my baby, little Asa. Yeah. And I told her that having a baby kept me young. She said, yeah, and it didn't hurt your figure any either. How do you like <laughs> Murder. George, look, I repeat... Get Grace out of my house, and I'll go on your show for nothing. Hell, I wouldn't let you do that. Okay, I'll give you a thousand. It's a deal. <laughs> I'll have her out of your house in five minutes. Blanche, before I could find out where Al Jolson gets his pep and vitality, George made me leave. Oh. Did you get to meet his wife? Yeah, oh, she's a lovely girl. Comes from the South, you know. She lived on a plantation where they raised banjos. <laughs> raised them? Yeah, she told me how she used to love to sit on the veranda while the hired hands picked their banjos. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, um... <laughs> Well, I still haven't found out how to give George some pep. Well, maybe you don't give him enough fresh vegetables, like uh, spinach and carrots. Oh, carrots are overrated, Blanche. You know that stuff about carrots helping you see in the dark? Yeah. Oh, don't believe it. The time my flashlight burned out, I tried to use a carrot and I could... <laughs> Grace. Oh, hello, Harry. You're late, Harry. Yeah, well, I stopped off at the May Company. I finally exchanged that shawl for your mother. Well, it's none of my business, but that certainly is a silly trade. <laughs> Gracie, Harry meant that... Blanche, you... just tell her that as soon as they mark your mother down, we'll buy her back. <laughs> oh, all good. Well, goodbye, you two. Goodbye. goodbye. Oh, what a woman... With her, you've got to keep changing the subject to stay on the subject you start with. Now, don't make any cracks about Gracie. She's a devoted wife. She's been out all day trying to find a way to make George healthy. She stays out long enough, that'll do it. Are you kidding? He doesn't deserve a wife like Gracie. Nobody does. What was George before Gracie married him? He was doing all right. He had an act with a trained seal. <laughs> well, believe me, she married the wrong half of the act. 
Gracie, what's the idea of all this health talk? Well, I want you to be like Al Jolson, dear. He looks so tan and healthy. Okay, I'll get a sun lamp. No, don't do that. Some lamps don't work. I happen to know that Eddie Cantor used one for years and he never had a son. <laughs> Jolson is healthy because he likes to exercise, and I don't. Well, exercise has certainly helped my Uncle Fred. Uncle Fred? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't remember him. He was married to Aunt Clara. I don't remember her either. Well, she's Joe's sister. Who's Joe? Well, I don't remember him. Uh, Let's get back to Uncle Fred. Clara's husband. Clara's husband, yes. Let's get back to him. Well, she was a waitress up in Alaska. This is Clara. Yes, and that's where she met Uncle Fred. He lived up there in that mining town. Gnome? Of course I know him. He's my uncle. I see. <laughs> Come in. Hi, Burnses. Hello, Hi, Bill. Willie. Say, I just heard Al Jolson is going to be on your program for free. That's right, Bill. Well, George, how did you ever get him to do that? I happen to be married to the right people. <laughs> you know that Jolson's the greatest singer in the world. It'll be a treat to hear him sing those hits he made famous. Yeah, and George can sing the hits he made famous. Like what? Tiger Girl, In the Heart of a Cherry, Drop Dead, From Time to Time to Time. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Drop Dead? I never sang a song like that. Well, it must be one of your numbers, George. Whenever you get up at a party and say, what would you like me to do, everybody else... Drop Dead? I say. (laughs) Go ahead. Oh, drop dead, oh, drop dead, oh, drop dead. You are the ideal of my dreams, I ask. One of my new songs. George, surely you're not going to sing with Jolson on the show. You know, it's different when he and Crosby sing together. Ha! Crosby and Jolson can't sing as good as George put together. Yeah, but who can put George together? (laughs) Jolson will never sing with you, George. Oh, yes, he will. Uh, Come in. Oh, hello, George. Hello, Greg. Oh, hello, Bill. Hi, oh, Charlie. Al. Come right in. Hello, Al. We were just talking about you. Yeah, Al, I was just telling George and Gracie that you're the greatest singer in the world. Oh, now, Bill, you shouldn't tell them that. Why not? They already know it. <laughs> Al, settle something for us, will you? When you come on our show, if George insists on singing, what will you do? Drop dead? <laughs> oh, no, no, that's one of George's songs. <laughs> See, you're the top, Al. Sing a couple of lines of Swanee for me right now, will you? Here, I've written out the words for you. Amy Dent, how I love you, how I love you. Amy Dent, to space, I'd give the world to see a gravy cube of A-A-M-I-D-E-N-T. I think I'll stick to the original lyrics about that. <laughs> To make you famous. I know, but I don't want to be Everybody's famous. Everybody's talking I, about amadent. Bill, you know. I'd rather sing about the. No, it's the ammoniated toothpaste that helps fight tooth decay. More dentists recommend amadent than any other dentifrice. With a song like this, you can make a comeback. Well, give it to George. He can use it. <laughs> Thanks. George, I'd like to discuss that program that I said I'd do for nothing. You're looking to get out of the deal. Oh, no, George. But I, I've got a couple of stipulations you'll have to meet. Oh, well, we'd love to. I'll bring them in. <laughs> oh, uh, tell Gracie what you want, Al. Well, before I sing on your program, I gotta have 50 strings in back of me. Oh, why? Is your corset loose? <laughs> Look, Gracie, let's forget the stipulation. I'll do the program. I thought so. Well, Al, you sing the hits you made famous, and George will do the ones he made famous. It'll be a medley. George, sing with me? Oh, now, Gracie. Oh, scared, huh? <laughs> Look, I'll, 
I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll bring my musicians over and you listen to both of us sing. I think you'll change your mind. Okay, Gracie, the boys are all set up. Now you'll see why George and I shouldn't sing together. Hit it, boys, hit it. Yes, sir, that's my baby. No, sir, don't mean maybe. Yes, sir, that's my baby now. Yes, ma'am, we've decided. No, ma'am, we won't hide it. Yes, ma'am, you're invited now. By the way, by the way, when we reach the preacher man, I'll say with feeling, yes, sir, that's my baby. No, sir, don't mean maybe. Yes, sir, that's my baby now. Okay. Okay, George, the orchestra is yours. I don't need any help. I'll play for myself. From time to time, whenever client blessings come from above, to sell a name, to others' fame, while others are looking around. That's enough for the throat. Everybody loves the baby, that's why I'm in love with you. Pretty baby, pretty baby. And I'd like to be your sister, brother, dad, and mother too. Pretty baby, pretty baby. Won't you come and let me rock you in my cradle of love? And we'll cuddle all the time. Oh, I want a loving baby, and it might as well be you. Pretty baby of mine Pretty baby of mine I love to call you Rose there But roses fade away Roses die when the winter time appears Hit it, boys, hit it, hit it. Baby's face, you've got the cutest, oh, you got a baby face. There's not another one to take your place, oh, baby face. My poor heart is jumping, you should have something, oh, baby face. I'm up in heaven, but I'm in your fun embrace. It's like a breath of spray when Jolie came about your baby face. Boom, 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 down in the garden where the red rose grows. Oh, honey, oh, my, I love you so. Oh, George, so. George, love... you can stop singing. You can stop, George. I've made well, my Well, Jolson decision. whistles, too. Dear, oh. I've made my decision. Yes? Yes. You have? Al was right. You two can't sing on the same program. Gracie, <laughs> I knew you'd see it that way, honey. Well, certainly. George is so much better. He'll do all the things. <laughs> oh, Union, come with me. I need another cold shower.
George and Gracie will return in just a moment. Join us again next Wednesday when we'll all be back. George Burns, Gracie Allen, Harry Lubin and the Amadent Orchestra, and yours truly, Bill Goodwin. Brought to you by the makers of Amadent, the ammoniated toothpaste and tooth powder. Recommended by more dentists than any other dentifrice. The George Burns and Gracie Allen program was transcribed in Hollywood. Written by Paul Henning, Sid Dorfman, Larry Klein, and Harvey Helm. And produced by William Burns. And now here are our stars. Folks, next week, starting Monday, February 6th, is Children's Dental Health Week. A time for all of us to think about the damage that dental diseases are causing in the teeth of our American children. It's an important subject. That's true, George. There are over 284 million cavities in the teeth of American youngsters right now. Well, uh, what can their mothers and fathers do to help, Bill? Gracie, here are some rules the dental health authorities are suggesting. First and most important, have children undergo a regular periodic dental examination. Second, brush teeth after breakfast and before retiring at night. Third, eat plenty of meat, eggs, butter, cheese, fresh fruits and green vegetables and drink plenty of milk. Fourth, use an ammoniated dentifrice. Well, I know every mother listening will want to impress those rules upon her family during Children's Dental Health Week, Bill. And every week, all year long. Good night, folks. Girls, ever hear of the shampoo that won't disturb your wave? Nope. Just dreamed of them. Then, lady, try Minipoo. Minipoo? What a cute name. Women, cute name. The point is, lady, Minipoo is a dry shampoo, see? Cleans your hair in only ten minutes without water. Leaves even oily hair fresh and fragrant, but doesn't disturb your wave. Get it? Yes, but where do I get it? At your druggist's, dear. Ask for Minipoo. M-I-N-I-P-O-O. Minipoo. Wednesday and every Wednesday. Listen to the Amadent Show starring George and Gracie. Good night. Stay tuned for Lemon Abner. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. That's the George Burns and Gracie Allen Show with special guest L. Jolson from February 1st, 1950, as heard over NBC. Stick around. I'll give you our lineup for episode 59 of the Classic Radio Theater after this short break. Next time on episode 59 of the Classic Radio Theater, brought to you by the Bradford Exchange, we'll hear two Western episodes of Have Gun, Will Travel, starring John Daner, so don't miss it. To reach me and to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, visit ClassicRadioClub.com. Be sure to tune in to our next show. Thanks for listening. <laughs>